Welcome to the Socket Podcast. Socket helps you plug into you and unplug from things that no longer serve you. Find your voice and self-esteem while learning to say no and set boundaries when needed. Your host, Kathy Suber, is an entrepreneur and mom of two with a life lens of happiness. If living a life of authenticity, kindness, and confidence is something you are looking for, get ready to plug in. We are glad that you are here. My friend Joe Chura hosts a yearly event called Refuel in the Naperville community. He is the owner of Dealer Inspired, and his company has grown and grown and grown over the years. And when he had a smaller team, he describes that he would take them all to these business conferences where you, you get all riled up and you get excited, you get pumped, you learn information. Um, and as his team grew, he was unable financially to be able to take all of his team away for this. So he decided he'd create it for himself. I and many of my friends have been the lucky recipient because he puts this information in the, and tickets out to the community to be able to go to two of them. And they've been amazing. Nikki Anderson, who's been on the Socket podcast twice, was a speaker last year. And she gave this a super inspirational speech, um, but every speaker that he brings, brings something to the table. This past year, although it was done on Zoom, I thought he did an incredible job. Um, he had Tony Hawk, and he also had a man named Jesse Itzler, which I had never heard of before. Jets, Jesse is married to Sarah, the owner of the Spanx Corporation, um, and so I immediately knew him a little bit through that, but he gave a talk about how in his business, he determined that he needed to do the best job possible of complimenting, congratulating, and consoling his clients. And that if you got really good at all of those and it came from an authentic place and you, were, you weren't just faking it, you, were, you really felt those things, that people took that in as such a positive interaction, a positive way of being in relationship with one another and that people really appreciated that. And I thought about that from my own practice. I think we do a really good job of most of those things, but we decided that we were gonna get better at the consoling. We have people that lose a, lose a loved one, lose a pet, um, have a miscarriage, uh, are, are Come, you know, sick with cancer, um, have an injury. And so recent, we, recently we had two patients that had lost loved ones. So Dr. Pat, one of my doctors at the office said, I think we should get some cards for them. And that reminded me of this, of this um, speech that Jesse Isler get, gave. So I went to, went to the store and I got some, some cards and we wrote a little note to both of them. And then our entire team signed it and we sent it. And I think about how easy that was on our part. And I think about how meaningful that has been to me when I've been the recipient of some of those letters, especially those cards in the mail. We're so electronic. Everything is text and email and Facebook and Instagram and, you know, depending on how old you are, TikTok and, and you know, all the socials. And so today I wanted to come on and talk about how to be there supporting friends in need and what that has felt like to me on the other side of it. I have a couple of friends right now that are going through divorce. 
and I have been through a divorce. It is not fun. And so there's nothing I can do to make it less painful. There's nothing I can do to take away the struggle, the stress, the burden of going through that process. But what I can do is check in regularly. What I can do is send a text just saying, just thinking of you, how are you doing? What I can do is say, do you wanna to go to lunch? Do you need someone to talk to? What I can do is just keep showing up. I think, and I'm gonna talk about this a little bit more as we go along, when things happen to someone, whether it is a death or you do lose a baby or you have an injury or you have some sort of need, what it feels like to me is that the masses come out, right? You kind of get hit with all of this support really early on. And then as time goes on, most of those people fall away. No harm, we understand they're busy, you're busy, I'm busy. But I think the true friend acknowledges that your pain and loss doesn't go away two weeks after this happens. Your suffering is going to be a part of your life for a longer period of time. And depending on what the issue is or what you've been through, there's different levels of need. There's different levels of, of support that would be helpful to you. I broke my leg in July of 2019. And I will tell you, I was so freaking stubborn. So many, I have incredible friends. In the first day or two, I must have had 12 people reach out. What can I do? Can I bring you a meal? Do you need me to just come and help you? What, what do you need? And I flip and turned it down almost every time. My kids were at their dad's house um, the first couple of nights. And Jason and I didn't live together at that point. He offered to come over. They offered to come over. And I honestly <laughs> said, no, I, I just was like, I, I can manage this on my own. Now, here I am with this big old boot because I broke my fibula and a scooter. And I am trying to navigate my house. I, mean, I have to get upstairs. I have to try to shower. And the fact is, is I really, really needed help. So one of the things I would say when you're trying to help console or support someone is they're probably going to tell you they don't need any help. At least that's where at least that's where my brain was. And so figure out a way you can help without without having to ask what do you need? Because if you put it in that person's court, it's really difficult for a person that needs help to say could you just come and sit with me and watch a movie or could you bring me dinner? Or is there any way you could go to the grocery store for me? It's really hard to verbalize that and to ask for that help. But one of the ways I've tried to do things is I'm going to bring you dinner this week. What day would be best? And should I just drop it off at your porch or do you want me to ring the bell? So I'm offering the support, not asking if they want it, but offering it. Some of the other things I had happen were people, of course, brought me meals. Um, some people sent me uh, gift certificates to uh, Uber Eats or to DoorDash or to Instacart. And that was super helpful because many times when you're injured or you're going through something or you're going through a loss, sometimes you don't wanna have to talk to people or be around people or have long conversations with people. It kind of depends on where your, where your mindset is at at that moment. But that was super helpful because I knew, oh, I got a $75 gift certificate from Patty, Erica, and Sarita 
and I'm going to be able to order dinner for my family and not have to worry about it. And my kids can just go to the front door and, and grab it. So that was, that was super helpful when, when I had that. Um, people sent me flowers, people sent me little like bears with a broken leg and all of those things were just so appreciated, but they do stop at some point. And so I was in the, the boot for three months and I would say people's help lasted about a month. Um, and I was very, very fortunate, but there still is that time after that where people go away. And again, that's okay. They can't be at your beck and call. But as someone that's looking to be connected with other human beings, when you see someone going through something, just know that they're going through it longer than that initial time period where everyone is posting on social media or saying, we're so sorry, we're thinking of you, you're in our prayers. And you have an opportunity to show up for that person in a different way. Another issue to navigate is when someone has a serious illness like cancer. I have a couple of friends that are going through really awful times, um, struggles that some have been for years, some have just been diagnosed. And these things are really difficult to talk about. It is not easy to know what to say to someone that's been diagnosed with something serious. It's not easy to show up. You don't even know, sometimes you don't even know how I'm supposed to show up. But again, I think people that go through things like this get an initial wave of help, support, prayers, and then it fizzles out. So for the people in my life that are going through difficult times, I try to make sure that every couple of weeks I'm reaching out. Maybe it's just a text message. Maybe it's flowers. Maybe it's, um, you know, sending them a message through Facebook saying, I'm thinking of you. How are you feeling this week? Um, how, you know, how can I best support you? Or is there, is there anything I can help you with? Um, and, and again, those are the questions that are hard for someone to give you back. So I always, I am always a big fan of just doing something as long as you're not knocking on the door randomly because no one needs that because no one answers the door for anyone any, anyway anymore. But continuing to show up, continuing to do those things. Um, one of the things that I went through when I got divorced was when you're in partnership, when you're a couple, many times you have couple friends and you go out to dinner or there's a dinner party at someone's house and you get invited to it. And it's interesting to find when you go through a divorce that those invitations almost immediately dry up. You realize I'm not getting invited to these group sessions anymore, these group get-togethers, these group dinners. And it can be a really lonely place. You're already dissolving a marriage, which you had high hopes for, obviously. Most people don't walk down the aisle assuming they're going to get divorced. So you're already going through that struggle. If you have children, especially young children, you're, you're going through a loss of time with them. Um, Chris and I, my ex-husband and I had 50-50 custody. Our boys were three and four when we got divorced. And I remember the first weekend that I didn't have my boys and it felt so weird. And most of my friends had kids the same age. So they were busy with their families. They weren't coming to Biagi's to hang out and have a glass of wine with me. 
Um, <laughs> speaking of Biagi's, the bartenders at Biagi's have been like some of my best friends because in the phase of me going through a divorce, I sometimes I just went there. I might bring work. I might I just have a meal. I just didn't know where to go <laughs> because I didn't have my kids. It was it was just so weird. Anyway, so quickly you realize that you stop getting invited to the couple things. And one of my dear friends, we've been great friends for, gosh, going on 18, 19 years. She went through a divorce a couple of years after I did. And she contacted me maybe a month or two later. And she has different friend circles than I do. We have some friend circles that are similar, some that are totally different. And she's like, we stopped inviting you, didn't we? And I honestly, I had no idea what she was talking about at this point. I'm years and years and years away from divorce, not thinking about the fact that I'm not going to couples dinners. I said, what do you mean? What, you stopped inviting me to what? She's like, we stopped inviting you to couple dinners, didn't we? When you got divorced. And I said, yeah, you did. She's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I, I don't even know if I consciously knew that that was happening. But she goes, now that I'm going through divorce, I just found out last night that my friend group all got together and I wasn't invited. And that's a really tough thing to go through. You're already going through the loss of your marriage. You're going through potentially the loss of time with your kids. You're trying to reinvent yourself. And then all of a sudden, some of your friends just go like, bye, sorry, you're not a couple anymore. So if you have someone in your life going through divorce, make sure you reach out to them. And, and maybe they don't feel comfortable going out to dinner with as couples anymore. Maybe they do. You know, early on, I remember I, I, we went out to, I was my birthday. I think it was my 35th birthday. There were six couples and then me, and I sat at the head of the table and it was right after I got divorced. Um, and so I would have still felt comfortable. So it depends on the person, but reaching out, maybe they don't feel comfortable going out as couples, but make sure that you're reaching out to those people. Make sure that you're pushing through the discomfort of not knowing what to say. Because in some instances, when you're consoling someone, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do to make it better. But again, what you can do is you can show up and you can keep showing up. And every couple of weeks, you can keep showing up. And that is going to be more, that's going to mean more to that person than you will ever know, ever know because I know the people that did that for me. I can feel that. And that has helped strengthen our bond, strengthen our friendship. And I, I appreciated it more than they probably know. So that's my advice for today. I hope you have a great day. And as Jesse says, look for places that you can compliment, congratulate, or console. If you'd like to reach out to me, my website simplysocket.com. On social, we're Simply Socket, and my email is Kathy at simplysocket.com. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Socket Podcast. Looking for more gratitude, confidence, and happiness in your life? Check out our website, www.simplysocket.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Simply Socket. And remember, be unapologetically you. It's a waste of energy to be anything else.